0: Hello and welcome to the Contrarian Podcast with your host Rohan Shivalkar. This week I'm joined by a familiar voice, someone who's been in the Contrarian house before. How are you doing today Kush?
1: Hello, she back? I'm back. Good. How? <laughs> I'm back. <laughs> she back baby,
0: what are you saying, how are you I'm doing back. Kush Boo?
1: Oh, uh, well... I've been very emotional today because, I don't know, it's Valentine's Day and I've literally (laughs) just wanted to cry since I've woken up and I don't know what's going on. (laughs) So
0: are you someone who is in the Valentine's Day camp or are very much against Valentine's Day? What, What are your thoughts on the day?
1: Okay, so obviously, like, Valentine's Day is just capitalism in a different form as everything else is. But then everything else is capitalism anyway so like I don't really have a problem with it like if I had someone to share Valentine's Day with right now I would be I would be definitely doing that I'd be one of those annoying people on Instagram like <laughs> happy Valentine's Day to my baby like I would be that person <laughs> I can't lie but right now I hate it I hate it
0: <laughs> yeah to be fair it's just another day in lockdown as far as I'm concerned but I, I rate it though because like you know although like you said it's like a embodiment of capitalism just make as much money on these random days as, as possible but having said that it's nice I think you know especially during lockdown when things are boring it gives some people the opportunity to do something a bit different like grand gestures of all these roses and shit you know what I mean
1: Exactly. Well, to be fair, my best friend got me Lindor's and Red Roses, so I can't really complain. So I did get a Valentine gift. So.
0: Nice, <laughs> nice. I rate that. I rate that. At least someone's thinking about you.
1: <laughs> <laughs> At least someone's thinking about me.
0: <laughs> but
1: we move.
0: Yeah, well, we move. And speaking of we yeah. move, what else has been going on? I know you've had a few uh, COVID 19 shenanigans recently.
1: Yeah, so um, I got the COVID vaccine last week, and oh my god, I actually thought I was going to die, and like, yeah, no, I actually thought I was going to die, the amount of pain I felt in my entire body, I got (laughs) such a bad fever, I was literally in bed rest for like two days, (laughs) yeah it wasn't great and then to top it off I think I took too much ibuprofen and I got gastritis and ended up in A&E so (laughs) you know what I can't
0: I actually can't believe what happened last week it was just one L after another people are already scared to take this bloody vaccine and you're just not a good poster child for this now (laughs)
1: Now you know what is actually like the most ironic thing so obviously I had the vaccine I was ill and as Some people may know um, I've got my own podcast as well with my friend Uma, and I was trying to get views on our latest episodes. I put a story on my Instagram, and I was like, hey, everyone, I've just had the COVID vaccine. It doesn't look like I've got too long left on this earth, so it's my dying (laughs) wish to check out the latest episode on my podcast. Please, you can't say no, it's my dying wish. At this point, I was fine. like My health was completely fine. I wasn't dying anymore. I just thought, let me emotionally manipulate my followers for views, and then literally... (laughs) 12 hours later I actually ended up in A&E so the moral of the story is don't pretend you're gonna die when you're not gonna die because yeah you, you only have to ma- you have to
0: only <laughs> manifest good energy only
1: yes 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 So don't try that at home kids Don't do that. <laughs> I
0: remember you, you called me and I was like yo what does this child want and she was like yeah what do you want I want to put I want to put you in my will what do you want after I die <laughs> and I was like I want I want a lifetime supply of your mom's food I'll replace her I'll replace her I'll be the I'll be the best Kushby replacement
1: Wow Wow There was actually Zero sympathy from you
0: <laughs> Yeah after you're Pulling that sort of Shit on your Insta You just can't be Trusted anymore
1: <laughs> Yeah shit I did myself dirty that way But we move Again But
0: you know what <laughs> It's At least you've had An interesting week Like for me I just feel like I'm existing Subsisting Wasting oxygen.
1: <laughs> wow, this is very this is a very dark start to the podcast. No, I, I, having
0: said that, no, I am working on a few projects that are coming mm. out shortly. So definitely, definitely exciting times. I think twenty twenty one needs to be a pretty active year. I don't know what was your thoughts on this year.
1: On this year. Um, I have zero thoughts on this year. I literally started 2021 with with absolutely no expectations because I think it's very dangerous to have expectations at the moment. So yeah, you know <laughs> that's, that, that that's how I feel.
0: That's actually a really good piece of advice because if you have those expectations in any walk of your life, then you know with COVID, with lockdowns, you know we had the heartbreak last year of having all of our holidays cancelled. I don't think people have the stomach to do that again this year.
1: No, definitely not. So it's definitely healthier to have no expectations at all and see what happens.
0: So we just touched upon it. Of course, you have your own podcast. You want to tell the contrarian listeners a bit more about your podcast?
1: Of course. So yes, I have a podcast. It's called Fire and Air. It's with me and my friend Uma. We're friends from uni and um yeah follow us on our instagram fire and air podcast and we just talk about lots of different stuff I think a lot of our focus at the moment is um kind of spirituality based topics but we put a fun spin on everything because we're both just crackheads and we just like to have fun as well so definitely check it out
0: what I'll do is I'll leave all of the links to your social medias in the description so make sure you check it out and I'm sure we'll be doing a few collabs (laughs) In the future,
1: yes, I must be stealing all your viewers. Come <laughs> to me. Forget the contrarian. Come to me. All right, none of that.
0: None of that. We <laughs> like it's, it's a friendly rivalry. <laughs> oh yeah, your boy is in the first episode, so yeah, look out for me. Yeah. Listen out for me. You, yeah, he is. Know? He
1: is. He he asks us a very educational question. You don't want to miss it.
0: <laughs> what did I? Oh, <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know,
0: I sparked the first civil war of the you of the fire and air podcast
1: did. you actually did <laughs>
0: but okay moving on to the crux of the episode and you know I was thinking uh, the title will probably be along the lines of the world from a female perspective so Cushby you've got the weight of half the world's population on your shoulders today are you ready for that wow. sort of responsibility <laughs>
1: Oh, God. <laughs> Hit me with it. Let's go. <laughs> so,
0: of course, you know, I'm a man, I think. And I think that <laughs> females are very elusive and misunderstood creatures in this world. Would you Would you agree?
1: Yes, I definitely agree with that. Very misunderstood. Yeah.
0: Yeah, exactly. And I think, you know, guys like to think that they know all that there is about women. But I think we haven't even reached you know chapter one yet so we have kushbu here and hopefully she's going to shed light on some issues and some things that females go through and hopefully you know as you know whoever's listening you know if you how 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 can i say this if you want to get more of an insight into a different perspective on the world then yeah this is the episode for you (laughs) so of course feminism is something that has been you know in the media social media everyone's talking about it and there's loads of different forms of feminism. It's, it's an umbrella term and it can be in like liberal feminism, you know, Marxists and socialists have their own conception of feminism. And then there's radical feminism. I know that like, we've had plenty of conversations <laughs> on radical, com- <laughs> uh, radical feminism. But yeah, honestly, it's like there's different, you know, feminism does mean different things to different people. So i just, you know, just to start off with, what does feminism mean to you?
1: I think... It's very simple for me. Um, I, all feminism means to me is just women being perceived as having the same potential as a man, um, women being given the same opportunities as a man, and women being given the same respect as a man. I feel like it's just a very simplistic perspective I have on feminism, just that women to be seen equal in comparison to men.
0: Yeah, I, I, completely, I completely I can get behind that definition I think it's it's good to have a simple definition because then you can really understand it whereas like I feel like when people start making these really big statements and big definitions that people just don't understand the message behind it gets lost in a way
1: yeah for sure for sure I feel like a lot of the stigma behind the word being a feminist comes from like obviously that whole culture of radical feminism and just the idea that like like there just becomes this fear that our oh, women are trying to trying to get their rights. What are they trying to do? Get more rights than men? Are they trying to say that they're better than men? And then there's that whole, you know, it just gets misinterpreted, and it really is just as simple as just women deserving the same rights as men.
0: A hundred percent. And funnily enough, I was actually on Twitter the other day and. I have a love hate relationship with Twitter because if you want information (laughs) quick and fast it's there but then just you can go down a rabbit hole and just get sucked into these topics and debates that are just Mm. mind numbing because it's just people like to think that they're like got a PhD in social studies and they just you know it's just jarring I don't know if you have the same thoughts on it.
1: Yes you know what okay this is just kind of like a bit of a side note tangent but this is so true about Twitter. I feel like everyone comes so aggressively. Like they're like, okay, yeah. So I think a lot of Twitter is, you know, very much fighting for equality. But the way they come for it is very much like, oh my god, if you have these views, then you actually deserve to burn in hell. Yeah, it's so. Do you know what like, I mean? <laughs> it's so
0: contradictory. I don't understand, but I guess the reason. Is a lot. The reason why I bought twitter up is because i was looking at you know trending hashtags and they were talking about the census 2021 and so for those who don't know what that is every 10 years the government does a massive survey of the population just to get up-to-date statistics so they can do all of their data analysis etc etc and so the ha- the hashtag that was trending was boycott the census and i was like why would you want to boycott it like you know it's, it's something good you know you want your government to have the best data possible so that they can rule in the most effective way, right? Mm. And so there was this whole thing about uh, questions on sex and gender identity and about the whole transgender rights movement. And so what they've done with this new census is they've allowed people to self-identify. So a portion of radical feminists believe that this undermines the feminist movement, because they believe that transgender rights undermined women's rights. If you get what I mean, because they they don't really agree with the self-identification of like a man identifying as a woman. They believe that that's going to encroach upon women's rights in general. Oh, really? Yeah. So, and so oh, I don't know that. And so okay. these people are called turfs. I think that's the. I I felt like such a boomer. I had to go on Urban Dictionary and look look what turf is but (laughs) yeah turf is basically someone who's like a radical feminist and so I I was just I was just so confused and like like we said before like feminism means different things to different people and I guess some people don't like this radical wing of feminism because you know it doesn't represent most people
1: yeah I think yeah I think that's very true
0: because we've seen recently uh with um who's a the author of harry potter jk rowling i think she yeah, she, she was even um, undermining the transgender rights movement by by justifying it on on the basis of feminism and uh, it's just it's it's a weird one because i don't know too much about you know gender and uh, and you know self identification and sex it's just something that's really elusive i can't quite understand it and it's definitely something that i want to do a podcast on in the future what do you think about no, all of these things? I
1: think, I think it's just really sad that there's there's groups of people that fight so hard for fight so hard for one kind of group that's being oppressed and then at the same time they end up oppressing another oppressed group and it's just like it's like it's just very hypocritical. It's just very contradictory in the end. Because if if it's the fact that these groups are being oppressed and that's what's making you so so angry and so passionate then that passion should run for all kinds of marginalized groups
0: for those people who want to boycott the census because they believe that it undermines female rights etc i think that's that's wrong i think everyone should uh, do the census i think you know if you don't do the census you get a thousand pounds fine really yeah yeah it's like under law that you have to do it
1: that's mad
0: we went on a massive tangent but just going back to the, I I guess you gave your definition of feminism so how do you feel about the world that we live in today like you know looking outside uh, as a as a woman how do you feel about the society that's been constructed around you?
1: I think it's so sad I think you know we it feels like we're in such a modern time and it feels like things are progressing and and they should be progressing. It's 2021, but then when you actually look at the facts and you actually look at what's really really going on, like it's everything is still so backwards and so old fashioned. And I feel like a lot of it is covered up by modern day life and and that kind of thing. But really, like if you take all that surface level modernism away, it's we're actually still stuck in we're still stuck in so many backwards backwards um ways of life actually I was talking to a friend about this um literally today and we were talking about how it's crazy that so many mad things are still happening and have happened in our lifetime and like she was telling me this and I actually didn't know this I didn't know if you knew this but did you know about in 2004 Michael Jackson's sister um janet jackson i think her name is she um at the super bowl she had a nip slip um yeah and it turned out and then she said that like so she was looking into like the nip slip because she said she just thought it was you know like her dress came down a bit her nipple came out that kind of thing but actually it was justin timberlake that pulled down her like pulled down her dress and exposed her boobs to humiliate her and after that happened, obviously it was all over the internet, and she just got completely cancelled. She was banned from everything, banned from Future Super Bowl, um, Super Bowls, banned from MTVs. So that she was just completely cancelled. Whereas Justin Timberlake, like you know, I'm sure he didn't even bat an eyelid. Like nothing even happened to his reputation, to his career, and it's just crazy. This happened in 2004, and that's only one example, and of like these kind of things happening, and. It's just not being taken seriously, and and the worst part of the worst part about these kind of stories is that women aren't given sympathy when this stuff has happened, and said they are criticised and their career is jeopardised and their reputation is jeopardised.
0: I know it, it's so weird and it's <laughs> wrong, and I don't know why this has happened. And maybe it's because you know if we think about. history of like let's just let's say western society you know women were always seen as fundamentally inferior to men and so and you know it's sort of been conditioned all the way and so do you think it's it's sort of the case that let's just blame a woman because they're just easy to blame you know because they're always seen as the inferior person
1: yeah I think it's well it's just years and years and years of socialization and conditioning that it just runs so so deep that like, a man is considered to have so much power and have so much respect to his name that it would be it seen like society sees it as impossible to damage that man's respect and reputation whereas a woman who's already so inferior in comparison to a man that you know adding adding this this disrespect to her name really what does it actually do it just furthers the disrespect that's already there to her name whereas the men they're on a pedestal so it's it's harder to bring that them down from that pedestal whereas women aren't on that pedestal anyway so i think you're right like yeah just put it on the woman she's already she's already in the inferior person in society so it makes sense that these actions are her fault
0: like when bad things happen to women and then it, it goes to court and then you've seen so many times where the right judgment never really comes out of the case because, you know, there's not enough evidence or, you know, even just using evidence saying that, oh, she was wearing something like this or she was drunk or et cetera, et cetera. How are these things allowed to fly in a court of law still to this day? We see in this country and America and then to even a worse extent in in. Third world countries like India is is horrible to see, and like you said, we have made significant progress, but we have still got a long way to go.
1: That makes me so angry. Such a such a long way to go. We have more of a way to go than people even realize.
0: Yeah, exactly. So my next question was going to be about you know, do you believe that the patriarchy and sexism exists? But I guess we've already covered that in a way but on a yeah. more on a more personal level do you feel that you've been disadvantaged by like these structures that are meant to place men above all else
1: i think i'm really fortunate actually to be from a family that empower women so i think from so i'm an only child and i think a lot of families have a lot of a lot of people have this if they've been brought up with a brother and then they they get to compare, so, compare how they get treated versus how their brother gets treated. Sure. Um, and I think that's where a lot of internalized misogyny starts from such a young age, because you see this comparison, you don't understand why it, like why it's happening. Um, whereas for me, because I've actually, I've never had that comparison. I think I've all, it's been very easy for me to feel empowered as a woman, because I, I don't have that internalized misogyny from, um from a young age um I think I've I've seen it the patriarchy have have affected me in very in in minor ways I think I'm yet to properly go out into the real world to see how it will properly affect me if you know what I mean like I'm only in my first proper job so I feel like it will hit me but I've been fortunate enough that it hasn't hit me yet I think due to my my family circumstances
0: it's great that you haven't faced or dealt with some of the the more negative ways that the patriarchy manifests and I guess but that's not to say that it doesn't exist and I feel like you know as as someone as a man right I feel like men are given so many more opportunities to thrive and flourish Whereas women, there maybe is, there's not that expectation when you think of like, you know, the traditional, you know, private versus public life. You know, women mm. were traditionally seen as like the master of the private life, whereas like the man would be the breadwinner. And so if we look into the context of like having a successful career, that was always a more masculine thing, whereas it, it should be more equal. And I guess if we're going to be taught, if we're going to have a more balanced argument, I guess, a good thing to come out of modern progressive feminism is the fact that you know women are more welcome in in workplaces in terms of when um you know a couple has a baby then there's maternity and paternity leave that's available so I think that's overall a positive thing would would you would you agree
1: yeah 100 100 actually that um that made me think of a really interesting point I think a lot of what's come out of feminism is obviously the fight is for women to have equal opportunities for there to be the view that, Oh, if a man can do that job, then a woman can also do that job. And I think, I think what's happened is, is because naturally, like naturally um, from ancestor times, men have been the breadwinners and women have been the homemakers. Yep. And those are the, those are the roles that women and men naturally took. And you kind of see it in like every kind of species level. You know, you see it with animals, you see, like, you know, the the women, um, the female animals, they'll be looking after the cubs, they'll be looking after the babies, um, and then the men will be, the the men animals will be the one, the men animals, <laughs> the male <laughs> animals, <laughs> the male animals will be the ones to, like, fight and hunt, and you kind of you see this happening, like, on every kind of species level. With women, like, women naturally do have a stronger maternal instinct than men, women naturally do have more empathy they do have kind of all those ingredients that would um would i guess push them towards taking that homemaker role rather than taking that breadwinner role yeah. but what's happened is over time that women were oppressed for that role so women were seen as weaker for taking that role so it was just like right from like right from back in the day women are seeing as not as strong not as clever not as respected because they aren't the breadwinners And I think that's where it went wrong I think see personally I don't think it went wrong where that women took the homemaker role and men took the breadwinner role I think what went wrong was that women were oppressed for that role because then then they were made to feel weak and then I think then feminism started and they started fighting out of these social roles um and you know try to like say that we can have the same jobs as men which we can of course but I think the problem is that instead of trying to do that I feel like a lot of us we should be proud of the homemaker role you know that is our strength like the that is actually such a hard role compared to probably most other careers out there looking after the home looking after the child like that is that is so much strength in itself but because even now women see that role as being the weak role that do do you know what I'm saying? Yeah no it's such such an
0: interesting perspective and when I was doing econ in my degree I remember we studied a module about like economic output and so obviously you can you can measure economic output if you're working a job but you don't measure the output of the like homemaker role and you know it's fundamentally important work but it's just not calculated it's not measurable yeah it's it's so important to life as we know it exactly
1: Exactly. I think what I'm trying to say is that if there's a woman who wants to I don't know be a pilot be I don't know some kind of masculine job then yes she should have every opportunity and and. All the respect that she can go into that role. But if she chooses the homemaker role as well, and I think I was a perpetrator of this as well. Like if someone told me, oh, I just want to be a housewife when I'm older. I think like when I was younger, I would have lost a bit of respect and I would have thought, oh, this woman isn't a feminist. Sure. But I think where I went wrong with that is that actually, well, if she is choosing to be the housewife homemaker role, then that's fine as long as she believes in her strength as a woman, as long as she still feels empowered as a woman and that's her choice. And she doesn't feel that she is below her husband just because she's not in the career out there. So I think, yeah, it should be, it's all about opportunity. Like, yeah, if if a lot of women naturally fall into the homemaker role, that is okay. But there's so much strength in that, accepting there's so much strength in that if they choose not to fall into that role and they want to venture outwards for there to be opportunity and respect to be able to do that as well and not to be, seen as weak in any choice that they make
0: you know because you've actually nailed it right on the money and I and I think it's that that fundamental word is choice like allowing someone to make that choice and not expect them to be in, in just one area and uh, it's just mad I was reading that it wasn't until like 1975 when a FEMA was allowed to open their own bank account and that they, they were seen as their own separate entity and not the property of a man. And so it was funny because there's that argument that about marriage and it's like oh back in the day there was less uh divorce and you know people were happier back in the day compared to now. But if you really look into it, like what power did a woman have to divorce their husband when they were themselves looked at as property under the law? Like of course you wouldn't feel comfortable divorcing your husband back in the day. Yeah. Exactly it's um, you're completely right and that's why I, c- I can really get behind the notion and aspect of liberal feminism because I genuinely mm-hmm. believe that there should be equality of opportunity everyone should have an equal platform to go out and do what they can and to flourish. And to, you know, to chase their dreams, essentially, whether that's, you know, some people like genuinely want to be like a mother of five and look after loads of kids. And that's completely fine. Just because you can't as- ascribe monetary value to that, it doesn't make it any less
1: valuable. Exactly, exactly. But I think because society sees that as the weaker option and and now women have been seeing that as the weaker option. And I, I mentioned earlier this idea of internalized misogyny. And like, what I mean by that is because, I mean, right from birth, women are given less opportunities and they're they're basically made to feel less important, less special than a man. And that feeling right from childhood, whether they can pinpoint it or not, that causes so much internalized oppression where they start to have their own self-beliefs that have been conditioned over time that they are not enough because they are a woman and these are all this is all like happening on the subconscious level do you know what I mean like it's not like you know all women think oh my god I'm not the same as this man but it happens on a subconscious level because that's how we've been socialized we've been socialized to made to be made to feel inferior and I think I think real change actually can't happen until we're, until all women realize how much trauma we have just from being a woman,
0: yeah, and, for and, sure, and heal
1: that and, he, and heal that and empower ourselves as a woman. I thought because it's just all we know like, this is the only reality we know, which is the patriarchy, which is our inferior, like our like us being inferior. And because that's the only reality we know, we don't even recognize it as this trauma that we need to heal before, like, you know, big, big, big change can progress. And actually. I say this a lot, actually, and I feel like real change, real equality between the genders, will never be able to happen until women stop being sexist to themselves. And like, you'll find a lot of the sexism happens from female to female.
0: You know that little speech that you get just gave yeah, it gave me the chills. I was like, "Yo, Kushbu for president." <laughs> 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 no, but you're actually it's so it's so right and. I see this a lot as well like sexism or like misogyny it happens you know from women to women rather than you know specifically just from male to female
1: No, exactly exactly it's because it's because this is our belief system now like we have been made to believe that this is our worth and we project that worth on ourselves onto each other and like okay so for let's give some examples of what I mean by that like really little examples like You'll find slut shaming happens the most from women to women. Like if you if like there's a group of women, like a group of girls are talking. They're like, oh yeah, like that girl, yeah, she slept with everyone. She's such a ho. da, da, da. Like, you'll find that a lot of it happens in female group chats. And like you'll find, okay, like for example, if you, if someone's boyfriend cheats with another girl the girlfriend will more times they'll go to the girl that they cheated with instead of the actual boyfriend and have a go at her Do you know what i mean when it's actually nothing to do with her but that's again that's all internalized misogyny because they hold that man with that much respect but they don't hold the women with the same respect
0: yeah it's it's interesting and i'm i'm glad you you brought that up because I think it's you know to guys at least you know the the female group chat is uh, you know an interesting place <laughs> an interesting place a lot a lot of stuff goes down, whether that's you know
1: <laughs> drama you already mentioned on the female group chat let me just say that <laughs> me anyone oh I've, you. i I've always said me <laughs> and I, I, do I want to be
0: the topic of a female group chat I don't know. <laughs>
1: You would love it. You'd love the you'd love the attention, Rohan.
0: Any any attention is good attention.
1: <laughs> any attention. Any publicity is good publicity. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: 101 of marketing. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but I guess so you sort of touched upon it in the sense that you feel like in order to mitigate this there needs to be more of a collective understanding of all of these forces at play. But in terms of like if you would if you have a future that so if you want, okay, let me rephrase that. So how would you want the future to look like? What steps do you think need to happen in order to actually, you know, achieve equality between the sexes, you know, to ensure that women don't internalize these inferior beliefs? Because also, if you think about it as well, like what what you said before about the structures around us, like you can also say that the patriarchy almost like pits women against each other.
1: Exactly. No, it does. It does. I think... I mean, I can only obviously give a very, very broad answer for this, but I mean, for real change to happen, obviously we need political change to happen. We need we need laws to be in place that protect women from being oppressed, and then more than that, on a more emotional, psychological level, like I said before, I think women need to need to really, really understand their internalized misogyny, we'll work on healing that, and overcoming that. And I think men also really need to understand the ways in which they feel superior on subconscious levels like every man obviously like i said like every woman has been made to feel inferior from the moment they're born but every man has been made to feel superior from the moment they're born and how the and how that socialization affects them and their daily life and their mindset and their actions and ways they don't they wouldn't even know can be rooted back to the patriarchy but understanding how it can be rooted back to the patriarchy and making like changes on a personal level to change that.
0: Yeah, for sure. You know, it's, it's really interesting, this internalisation, because I was thinking the other day, like, as kids, right, who looks after, like, you know, traditionally, who looks after us the most is the female. It's our mother. It's our primary school mm. teacher who, is, who are predominantly female. So it, it just made mm. me wonder, like, we have so much female influence from such a young age. Where does it go wrong? Where does it go wrong when it sort of gets flipped on its head? We're taught from a young age to respect women, of course, but they're like the main figures in our life. So where does it go wrong almost when, as we're
1: growing up? Just We just see. We see what's happening in our environment and we learn it and then we become part of the same environment that is, that is the same. Like We become part of the problem without even realising.
0: That's the first step isn't its is, is becoming conscious of these things so i guess if anyone's going to take something away from uh, this conversation we've had so far is that is to uh, be aware of your privilege your underprivilege and and uh, mm-hmm. come to terms with it or... yeah come
1: to terms with it yeah see try and try and understand how your uh, pr- your privilege or your underprivilege affects you and your actions and your self beliefs self beliefs
0: have a bit of introspection and...
1: It has a bit of introspection. I'm all about the introspection at the moment, but yeah.
0: So that brings me on but, nicely to wait,
1: actually. One second, actually, I have yeah. So sorry, Go this on. is really interesting. I learned this in A level English language, right? And I can't remember whose theory this was, but it's, oh, it's been bugging me for ages. But basically, the not theory of observation, whatever. I, yeah, I guess kind of theory is that women actually use a lot more. They don't use strong words in their language, like the even like even down to the language women use it's different to the language men use without even realizing it um like words like may words like maybe words like kind of you know like words that kind of make the make the impact of what they're saying seem less strong seem weaker women use that a lot more than men do and I've started Mm. like looking out for it I've been I look out for it when I like hear women talk and it's actually true like a lot of women speak like this, yeah. And then I just kind of, you know, felt like, oh, maybe it was, you know, you know what I mean. There's, there's, they even lack confidence and surety yeah, in, like, in their language and their speech.
0: They don't speak with conviction or with assertion, yeah. and so, may, and then I yeah,
1: guess. that's a yeah, yeah, but like, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: But then, if if we're trying, if we're trying to explain why different things happen in society so you know in terms of like the corporate world it's seen as a more cutthroat you know you have to really be assertive if you want to get to where you want to be and so do you think that's maybe why the corporate world maybe some people or women well like you can even say anyone is um put off by it just because of the way it is you know do you get what i'm saying like people are put off by those sort of industries Mm. because they don't feel assertive enough they don't feel confident enough
1: yeah definitely definitely I think it's intimidating it's intimidating because we're not taught to be that confident we're not taught to be that so
0: yeah it's mad and to be honest like right now especially like because I'm in the process process of applying to jobs in the corporate world and I have noticed a big cultural shift that's going on obviously it's still in its infancy but you can definitely see you know having spoken to partners of big firms they're saying that they're really trying to push in the initiatives to make these industries more welcoming to you know all people not just one specific character type oh
1: really that's so like, good yeah honestly
0: like, like like you said you definitely know
1: definitely some kind of progress we're
0: not we're not we're not in a perfect society by <laughs> no means but it's nice to see these small changes and it's a it's a long process and while we'd all love it to happen overnight I think that would be naive and maybe it'll take the current generation who you could say are holding up the the structures of society once they go and then our generation filters through I, d- I don't know do you do you feel like it's a generational thing or do you think that these patriarchal structures will always be there unless something actually is definitively done to get rid of them
1: i think externally it's a generational thing yeah like external change it's definitely generational as each generation is passing. You know we're getting we're seeing more external change, but I feel like internal change, no, it's not generational. I think in fact, if anything, it's getting worse and worse because all this ancestral trauma is just being passed down and down and down. and yeah, so like you know there's external change and there's internal change, and both need to progress in order for overall change to happen but I guess you know external change external change is happening and it's better than nothing and obviously external change triggers internal change but so it's a start it's definitely a start
0: interesting this is this is the the pros of talking to someone who's studied psychology you can actually get a deeper understanding of the brain and how people think I think that's (laughs) I, think...
1: I learned nothing in my psychology degree. No, I you can't. You can't. You can't say that.
0: You have to be like, no, I learned so much, and that's why I am an authority on this matter.
1: <laughs> I can't account any of this to my degree. I'm sorry. I wish I could. Yeah, I the uh, this, I can is, tell... <laughs> this is all from
0: the degree from the University of WhatsApp.
1: <laughs> University of WhatsApp. Hi <laughs> right,
0: Kushbi, I wanted to ask you a question.
1: Mm, if men
0: didn't exist for a day, what would you do?
1: Oh, I saw this on Twitter, you know, and I, I saw this, and it was. I it know, was actually, but the thing is, like, yeah, before, you, before you, before you, yeah,
0: before you give your answer, like, I was shocked. Like, just basic things. Some girls felt that they can't do if men are around, and I, it's quite sad. But yeah, go on, tell me, tell me what you do in a world without men. Lo- lots, I of, do. L- lots of lots of lesbians.
1: Oh, who said that? What? What? What, what, what? <laughs> what would I do? Um, you know what? Just, yeah, really little things. Like, I would love to go on a run at night. I would love to go on a run at night. That would be super cool, super fun. Just, I think, yeah, and I saw a lot of that on Twitter. Just, like, being able to walk and not be scared. Like I would go to Selly Oak at three o'clock in the morning, and I would go to Bruce's (laughs) by myself, and I would eat sitting outside on a Selly Oak wall, eating my chicken and not being scared. (laughs) Like that's what I.
0: And it and and that's (laughs) such a sad conclusion to come to. And I guess the first question is: Do men make you feel unsafe, especially at the you know in the early hours of the morning, late hours of the night?
1: Oh my god, yes, like so much do you not remember prison nightclubs like all this not even prison nightclub like every single nightclub it was a war zone in there it was literally like one hand on your drink and one hand protecting your ass from getting groped.
0: yeah it's it's just so sad and like i i would say as an individual you're you're very strong and i feel like you're fearless and so Uh, That puts you at more of an advantage than maybe some girls who aren't like that. Mm. But I do, I appreciate, like, especially just club, clubbing culture, uni culture in general. And if you deep it, like, I remember one time, I think I've told you the story in first year. So there's this nightclub in Birmingham called Snobs. And we'd go there pretty much every Thursday and it'd be really cheap to get (laughs) smashed. And all of your mates would be there.
1: No. Uh, oh, actually, by the way, when I said prism, I meant prism nightclub, not a prison. It's a nightclub. Then. Okay. <laughs> People don't know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. Why is she? Why is she in prison?
1: Yeah. Why is she in prison? <laughs> to be
0: fair, I don't know how you haven't gone to prison, but that's the story for another day.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Story for another day.
0: <laughs> but yeah. So going back to this clubbing story, like. There was this middle floor in in Snobs, and it was just an absolute fuckery. So, so for swearing, but that's the only word to describe it. And I, I remember I sobered up pretty quickly that night. And then I was on the floor above, and it was like a little balcony section. And I was sober and looking down at this fuckery that's happening, un- that's unfolding right in front of my eyes. And I just didn't rate it. Like some of the things that I saw, some of the guys doing, it was just disgusting
1: actually disgusting and you know what this so obviously like in the nightclub for some reason there's there's a different set of laws and there's a different set of rules there's a different set of what's acceptable and what's not acceptable obviously everyone's drinking so ev- like when you're drinking I think you know a lot of your, your not I think well a lot of your inhibition is just gone so a lot of the way you're acting is very prior like what's the word primal. primal instinct primal a lot of yeah instinctive like your behavior becomes more instinctive than um and anything else and I feel like that can so the fact that men feel like they have some kind of right over any woman's body in the nightclub and that's why so much sexual assault happens in clubs so much groping and I literally don't know a single woman a single woman and I'm being completely honest when I say that that's gone clubbing and hasn't experienced some kind of sexual harassment sexual assault and I know in my own personal experiences when when a man has, has touched me without my consent in a club and I confront him about it like every single time I'll be like what what are you doing and there's been some times where they've been like oh I'm sorry I'm sorry like for real or there's been some times where they'll be like oh what the hell are you on about and they'll get angry so not only do they feel like they have a right over your body, but then they get angry when you, when you try and stand up for your body. And it's like this is really like this is this is this is really like these are their beliefs. These actually are their conditioned beliefs about women that because they're drinking, because they're in this environment where it's apparently acceptable, that like it all comes out. And it's like every single, I feel like majority of boys in that club room have that environment and that can't just be a coincidence it's not 100%. like they go into that it's not like they go into the club and suddenly they have all these new views and all these new perceptions of women these are all perceptions of women they already have that they just feel that it's acceptable for it to come out in the club and that's why there's so much of it that you see oh.
0: honestly it's messed up and I think it boils down to this idea of male entitlement so throughout mm-hmm. and and I see this specifically and most prevalent in you know the south asian community with brown boys like this idea of male entitlement specifically and it's because like if you see we, we talked about this earlier but how like a boy is raised compared to a girl like they're always put on this pedestal they're basically all of their indulgences are given into by their parents so they just get what they want and so if they if they live like that throughout their childhood where anything they want could possibly want they get and then as soon as we go to university where they get more freedom then that entitlement translates into the real world and that's the issue
1: exactly you couldn't have said it any better honestly that's exactly what it is like in South Asian culture oh my god men are literally treated like royalty like especially compared to a girl like I said because obviously I'm from a South Asian family but I'm the only child I never got to see that difference in the way my potential brother would have been treated compared to me whereas majority of majority of south asian girls have to see have to grow up with that comparison where their brothers are treated like royalty and there's double standards it's just so 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 sad and i think in india i i can't remember what this was called when a girl was born there's so many girls that are born and they're just thrown away like actually thrown away like They give birth to the girls and they're just thrown away.
0: If you think about India as a less progressive society, it's the hyperbolic nature of it. So like, you know, there like women are seen as uber inferior, like even more inferior than they are in the Western world. And so, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. imagine, like, we talk about conditioning. Imagine being conditioned to the point where you give you give birth to your own child and because it's not a boy, then you, you believe that it's worth nothing.
1: It deserves to die. Like, they're left for dead. And the women that aren't left for dead, they're given the name that means unwanted. I don't know. What, I can't remember what the word is in Hindi. It means, like, unwanted or... <clears throat> Something like something along the lines of unwanted, and there's actually so many women in India that have this name. They have this name because that was the name they were given when they were born because they were actually just unwanted. Whereas a man is born and it's celebrated and parties and all of that, and it's just so sad, honestly.
0: I'd, I hate hearing stories like that, but you have to, again. This is a part of bringing it into the conscious world, in like just recognizing that these things happen and that we need to make it like actively. Ensure that these things don't happen anymore.
1: Exactly, exactly. So,
0: I wanted to get your your thoughts on on something. So, of course, like it's regarding you know female sexual stigma and like you know porn and OnlyFans and uh, what what are your thoughts on 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 these sort of things?
1: Yeah, I'm a huge advocate for OnlyFans. I do not have one. That's not what I'm saying, but, <laughs> I... <laughs> that, uh, officially, but uh,
0: officially, I officially, officially, Sheila. <laughs>
1: Not yet. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. But um, (laughs) yeah, I feel like OnlyFans. Well, I think it's just so clever because I mean, if we're gonna be oppressed, then we may as well take some advantage out of it. Like, if we're gonna be sexualized and if we're gonna be objectified, like we may as well, you know, make some money out of it. Do you know what I mean? I think it's. I think it's very clever. Fully,
0: (laughs) and also, the good thing that I like about OnlyFans, amongst other things, is that... it, 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 it can...
1: gives. <laughs> anyway,
0: back to my point. Like, you know, in the t- traditionally in the porn industry, yeah. like the, the female becomes like the property of the, like the companies, whereas OnlyFans is bringing back the autonomy mm. to, to that individual. So I think that's extremely important. Like you said, if people are making money off these sort of things, it should be your own self that is making money from it
1: exactly exactly like if there's if we can't if change isn't happening then we may as well just take advantage of it and make some money out of it and actually you know what so I was having a conversation with um two of my friends the other day and uh, it's really angers me I actually just need to release it to oh, be honest shit. Right, <laughs> and yeah so we were talking about how uh, how some girls get like free things from men right and we were talking about that and then they say so they're two they're two boys right and then they say to me they're like see women actually have it so easy like you guys just get free stuff so like yeah I mean I know women think they have it hard but it really all just evens out in the end I was like what do you mean I didn't say anything because you have I've learned over time you have to pick and choose your battles but I was just thinking like what on earth like Like the reason why some women are given free things and like women are given gifts or they give, you know what, like that whole culture, the root of that comes from objectification of women. The root of that comes from sexualization of women. Like the, the root of that is still the oppression of women. It's just that there's one advantage that women make use of from that. But in reality, like that doesn't make it okay
0: yeah exactly and i guess it's all about alternative motives like you have to think beyond the actual act itself like what is this present for mm-hmm. is it is it a, mm-hmm. is it an exchange for is it a transaction and it's, it's really horrible exactly. to think of it exactly. as these sort of things but you'll be surprised how many boys actually believe if if they give girls x y z then there's automatically Seven. that uh, expectation of something to be returned
1: yes exactly like if you actually like if we say it in words like what's happening here it's that i am giving her something in exchange for potential sex in in essence i am buying her body in like do you know what i mean like that's like if we really really rip everything apart like yeah that's what it is that's what it is it's just a bit of a long-rooted pro- like a long-winded process to the same point yeah
0: a hundred percent and to bring bring this back to uh, feminism I think it's important to understand that there's you know feminism can be a, a girl in a bikini on only fans but feminism can also be a girl in a hijab being modest so exactly. it, and it, it can be all of these things And I think this is the internal struggle as well between feminists because you know one feels liberated mm-hmm. while the other one feels like that's disgusting so you know it's it's all these different things that we have to grapple with how do you feel when people say, or specifically boys say, she's for the streets?
1: Oh, oh. <laughs> 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 I, I feel rage. That is what I feel.
0: <laughs> but like, like, if we go oh. one step deeper, like what is it about that that makes you so angry?
1: It's just the whole concept that if a girl has a high body count, she is seen as for the streets so or she's seen as just
0: Oh, like less valuable, or like someone yeah, who exactly. is, doesn't have worth. Like maybe
1: exactly like those are the connotations. Like she's like she's just an object for the streets. Yeah, exactly. Like it devalues her. It dehumanizes her. Whereas if a man has the same body count, like he is respected. or oh, he's a lad. <laughs> and he's this a is king.
0: like this is like the, these are the double standards, right? And and again, this is another thing that's been socialize it's normalizing these things which is like a worrying thing as well
1: yeah and you know what that really also comes from the idea that women aren't like seen to be allowed to be as sexual as men when really the reality is that like women are just as horny as men like we're just not allowed to like th- show yeah that I, we are. I, I, yeah, <laughs> yeah yeah
0: i feel like yeah it's, it's it's more acceptable for men to to be <laughs> <laughs>
1: to have high libido if we're going to be technical about it is that you yeah coming (laughs) through with
0: the technical facts
1: yeah exactly but yeah and but when really like women are just as sexual as men and you know that just comes that just plays into the whole entire sexual stigma that we have um where like the whole concept of sex is built around a man a man's pleasure like and and women women also see sex as a man as like being for a man's pleasure without even realizing it, that that's what they feel like i remember when i had this epiphany and i was like oh my god like like all like sex is just made well in society sex is just made for the male orgasm when the man orgasms sex is over it's done yeah. and <laughs> You know what, i like, you know, that's it, it's finished, and that's just accepted, that's accepted on the man's part, and that's accepted on the woman's part, like, majority of women feel satisfied that the sex is over when the when the man's finished, even if they haven't, and that's accepted, you know, like, for the majority of us, because that is what has been built into us that, that has that is the goal of the goal of sex is for for that man's pleasure and then women also then feel satisfied that they've given that man that pleasure and they feel that's it job done you know what i mean like that's again another example of internalized misogyny that most women don't even realize that the root of that is internalized misogyny but it is
0: mad <laughs> well to all my dudes out there you know what you gotta do now
1: <laughs> you know what you gotta do you know what you gotta do and but. like also the whole concept of like fake orgasms, like yeah, it's okay, yeah, it's funny. But if you look at the root of that, like why are women why are so many women faking their orgasms? And if you actually look at the statistics of women faking orgasms like it's mad, like I I don't know a woman that hasn't faked an orgasm. Like I don't know one. And like we can laugh about it, but like again, the root of that is that why are we having to fake it? And it's because you know, we there's a part of us that that has the orgasm anxiety, that has orgasm fear, that we don't feel like, you know, we deserve that orgasm and that we don't want to disappoint the man. Like, we don't want the man to feel like he's not good enough, that he didn't make us yeah, orgasm. No, no, You know I, what I mean?
0: I, I, I completely understand that. And uh, I don't know, it's just while you were saying that, I was like, I'm pretty sure I've done it once before.
1: <laughs> Have you? <laughs> How the hell? <laughs>
0: nah, because, okay is this a story okay yeah I'm gonna just summarize it I, w- I was um dr- I was feeling a bit waved and then mid through um a certain ting I sobered up and realized that I needed to go home so I, I had to, I had to find a way <laughs> of dipping ASAP <laughs>
1: no,
0: and that's uh so funny. And <laughs> yeah that's pretty much it in- That's that's
1: different. That was you had a problem and you found a solution in the world. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah, that's.
0: I'm not. I'm not comparing myself to this internalized pain that women feel. I'm just saying,
1: I I may have
0: done it once before to get out of a sticky situation. (laughs)
1: See, that's smart. That is smart use of your resources. (laughs) But yeah, like obviously for women, it's 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 a much deeper deeper root why women are doing that. And I think for any woman hearing this, enough, okay. If he didn't make you orgasm, he didn't make you orgasm. He doesn't, he doesn't deserve to feel like he did because he didn't, okay. So stop it. Yeah,
0: it, and if anything you're feeding, <laughs> you're feeding into this, uh, this. You're feeding into their ego, which can't be good.
1: Exactly, exactly.
0: So of course, like talking about sex and stuff, obviously we have to bring up contraception because it's important to have safe sex, people. use
1: a condom everyone
0: exactly and this is another thing as well how like you know there's an expectation of like a man to ask a woman to use female contraception which is obviously more invasive compared to just wearing a condom you know
1: Mm -hmm.
0: what are your thoughts on on that and because like obviously everyone knows condoms are not ideal but you know at the (laughs) same time you know it's the best way of having safe sex
1: yeah again again it just feeds into the whole idea that sex is created for man's pleasure so obviously you know i guess a condom reduces male satisfaction somewhat and you know they can't have that can they (laughs) So, (laughs) so let a woman fuck up her entire hormonal bodily system just so those uh like 20 minutes he can feel a little bit more you know and we do it because we don't deepen like that and we all we all do it and, and I, think be- I think you're i think you're being
0: very generous 20 minutes you've been five five minutes
1: <laughs> <laughs> well you're I really out yourself you're no. really out yourself here <laughs> you're not really selling yourself
0: <laughs> you know and another thing that i've seen on social media is um you know females being like uh well if you expect us to do this to our body would you ever consider is it a vasectomy when you like snip or like you tie up the the yeah. tube and and yeah, then
1: vasectomy.
0: and so people are like males were like no nah, we wouldn't do that but I guess again it's that imbalance and it's like you know that expectation on one and not the other yeah
1: exactly exactly and actually you know what the whole idea that women are the women are the ones that take contraception and not men like that whole idea is messed up and it doesn't actually make sense biologically no matter how many times a woman has sex even if she has sex like 10 times a day every day for a year she can only have one baby a year you can she can still only get pregnant once every 9 months yeah. no matter how much sex she has whereas technically a man can impregnate infinite amounts of women. Like there's no limit on how many women amount. Top
0: can impregnate shaggers. A yes.
1: <laughs> Legit. Like like they can impregnate like a hundred women a year if that's what if they made that their mission. You know, if they had that much game. <laughs> and yeah, they they don't they they don't have to take contraception. It just doesn't make sense. Like if we are taking contraception to avoid avoid getting pregnant then surely the men should be taking it not women it doesn't actually make scientific sense.
0: Sorry I just phased out I was, I was imagining a world with 100 baby Roros. Of course
1: <laughs> I don't want to imagine that world. <laughs> no, but you're,
0: you're so right and you know what this, this brings me nicely to like you know the last parts of what we want to talk about in this episode which is like okay we've had this intellectually stimulating woke conversation about the importance of equality and being conscious of all these issues so why is it that females then go for toxic men after all of that like why why is it that why are they drawn to you know males with certain characteristics that aren't advantageous you know we talk about like fuck boys girls want to be treated like shit you know all of these different stereotypes that you know proved to be true in a lot a lot of instances so mm-hmm. why and so of course we can obviously say it's due to this internalized nature of it but do you actually think that there's some merit in terms of like you know there's that paradox between you know, girls you know feminists want girls to be treated well but then some girls actively go out of their way not to get treated well if that makes sense
1: yeah no it's so true it's so 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 true so Many women are just stuck in cycles of chasing toxic men, being with toxic men, wanting toxic men. And I think why this is happening is that when, like, you seek what you believe you deserve, and if a woman is settling for a toxic man, it's you know it's because she believes that that is that equates to her worth. You know, it's it's low self esteem again. It's internalized lies misogyny that this is this is their worth and that's what they deserve and that's what they want and a lot of women actually fear good like good men like again it's like again it's all happening very this isn't like a conscious thought process but like there's so many women that can tell you that yeah they find a good man and suddenly they, they they're scared they don't want to commit like you know that fear of of getting something that they don't actually inherently believe they deserve is uh, very, very apparent. And I think that's why they get stuck in a cycle of toxic men. And also, you have to look at it this way as well. If if there is a guy that he's really like, you know, he treats you like shit. He doesn't seem like a great person. Like he doesn't seem like he wants you that much. He's not giving, showing you all the signs that he wants you, loves you, all of that toxicity, right? And there's this like, again, the subconscious idea that if I can make this kind of man love me, then... I am worthy of it. Like that that is like a really fucked up like self-esteem Ooh. boost. Like if I can make if I can make this toxic man want me, then I've won. Do you know what I mean?
0: Interesting, interesting. I see that I see that. Because maybe is it again like the chase or it's too easy if it's all there in front of you? You want that sort of level of ah oh, I, I mm-hmm. want to change him I don't want that challenge exactly, or something
1: exactly I want to change him oh he's he's a toxic man but he's nice to me like it gives him that sense of importance that sense of success achievement and all no, of
0: that I get that I get that so what would your advice be to someone like what's the solution to to this problem if it if it is one self-love <laughs> it is yeah. like
1: yeah it's cringe and it's cliche and it's like but like it actually is like once you start putting that energy instead of putting that energy into trying to change these men into making it making them feel like they want you, put that energy into yourself where you feel like you want you, you feel like you love you. And then once you like once you start feeling like you have more self worth, once you start loving yourself, your standards will change and you'll start accepting less and you'll have higher standards for yourself.
0: Nice. I rate that I rate that. It's, uh important bit of advice for any uh, yeah. any female or even male i guess like you know yeah. uh, toxic people it, it, to get over that i guess you need to start with exactly.
1: yourself exactly it all starts from yourself
0: kush are men trash
1: <laughs> men are the worst <laughs> or
0: do the trash men that you attract an embodiment of yourself you are what you attract
1: the men you attract are an embodiment of your self-worth. That is, that is the summary.
0: But obviously, men are trash is become a bit of an anthem now amongst the female population. Is it something that you see more as a joke or is it something that you can actually get behind?
1: No, I actually get behind it. I really think men are trash. I think they're the worst.
0: <laughs> fair, fair.
1: You know
0: what? Especially with the whole Me Too movement and, and stuff, and educating myself on like the female experience, and I and I feel like if you don't have that mindset, then it's easier for sexual predators and for people who have really unsavory motives to get away with what they get away with. If you come with the perspective that men are trash, like it might hurt some people's feelings, but I think it's the correct way of navigating through life.
1: <laughs> are you an advocate for men are trash as well? Then
0: I mean, yeah. Uh, I can't can't lie. I think, as in just some of my friends who are males, I I don't claim them.
1: (laughs) Oh God. So I think that's a good conclusion to this whole episode. Uh, The world from a female perspective, men are trash.
0: Ish. (laughs) So of course, we talked about a lot of things in this episode and I hope that uh, me and Kush were able to shed light on some of the experiences that females go through uh, because it's important, especially, uh, you know, men and women are very different. And you know, we each go through very different lives and, and it's always important to get insight into how someone else thinks in order to be more empathetic and to be a better person in life, I guess. So obviously, thank you so much, Kush, for being a wonderful guest and educating us on the other half and how the other half lives
1: no problem at all
0: thank you for listening to this week's episode of the podcast hope you enjoyed it and we'll see you next week for another episode of the Contrarian podcast peace out thanks kush
1: <laughs> bye <laughs> <laughs>